This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon, and in the name of the moon, you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. This week, Microsoft hits a company milestone while letting go 1,900 employees. The Pokemon Company speaks out on Power World. I also tell you why you should enjoy Mortal Kombat Legends Cage Match. 2K Games reveals WWE 2K24 and what we can expect this year without Vincent K. McMahon. Then, in our final stage, we find out if Tekken 8 has what it takes to step back into the cage again. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra. Select Start. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select Start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. Welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live and TalkTimeLive.com. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and I am extremely excited. I am so ready. This is Royal Rumble Week, but in particular, it truly is a new day. Yes, it is. If you are a wrestling fan, in particular, in particularly a WWE fan, then you know what has happened in less than 24 hours ago. And we're going to talk about that briefly, a little bit. I'll be remiss because we're going to be talking about the announcement of WWE 2K24. And it's hard not to talk about that without talking about the recent news that just happened just a few hours ago. Less than uh, 9 o'clock. Um, I would say less than almost 12 hours ago. <laughs> almost, pretty much. So we'll be talking about all that. But before we do, we got a lot of other news to talk about as well. And of course... In our talk topic, we're going to be talking Tekken 8. And the reason why I waited a day to even do this show is because I wanted to go through Tekken 8 because I felt like I could get through the story mode, the story campaigns and all that stuff and get an idea of how great or bad this game is. And we'll talk about that. This is a big game. This is a big game because this is like the trinity of fighting games right now. Um, within a span of 12 months, we've gotten Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, and now Tekken. And... Tekken has now stepped in and we're seeing whether they got what it takes to be back in the cage and, you know, step up to these other two Titans. And um, we'll talk about all that. There's a lot to talk about with this game. And I mean a lot. So that is going to be our final stage review. And we'll talk about that. But before we talk anything and still in the world of video games, I want to give a big thank you to WayForward and particularly Tom Hewlett, who was uh, on the show this week to talk about Contra Operation uh, Galuga. It was a great interview, uh, very innovative interview, I would say, just from a design standpoint, because some things had occurred that uh, in, during the interview that I wasn't aware of, so I had to do some big changes. So if you notice, if you watched the video version and saw that the design layout was different from what I normally did, there's a reason for that, but it worked out. 
and I had a great interview with Tom. It was really cool. We got to talk to him about him working with Konami, but also, you know, him working on Contra. He's worked on Contra 4. He's also now working with Way Forward and directing this game. So I am excited about this game. And uh, he gave us a reason to be excited for this game as well. So, you know, if you haven't checked that interview out, uh, I know a lot of people checked it out. They check out the audio version. Uh, but check out the video version because there's some screenshots and video um, of the game on there as well. And, you know, we get to talking and everything, too. And it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Way forward as always. Way forward is, you know, of all the video game companies that I had the pleasure of interviewing and have on the show. And I've talked to many of those guys in, in, uh, in the indie front as well, like, um, you know, way forward, Yacht Club Games, um, I, man, I, I've talked to quite a few gentle brothers. Um, I've talked to quite a few people in the gaming world and I had the pleasure of learning and listening to things from their experiences. And it's awesome. It's really awesome to get to pick their brain and stuff like that. Um, so I enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to it. Contra OG is what it actually says. So I, I, I never bothered to realize I never bothered to ask because I didn't realize it. You know, if you just do it initially, it'll say OG. So it's Operation Galuga, but it's Contra OG um, for sure, which really kind of plays into what they're doing because they're going back to the OG, you know, Contra uh, guys for this. And it's based around the actual core story. So I love that. I absolutely love that. It's clever. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's supposed to come out sometime within the first quarter maybe second quarter and um we'll see how it goes but i'll definitely look forward to get my hands on it and review on it when it comes out because way forward often does some really awesome 2d side scrolling running guns and whatever they do they do a lot they they're the masters of modern day retro games if I, you know if you ask me so thank you tom really appreciate it look forward to hopefully having you back again in the near future for your next project as well so all right let's talk about while we're talking about indie developers let's talk about the majors because xbox actually microsoft hits the three trillion dollar mark now they do this after the fact of them releasing 1900 employees so why you for a second you want to celebrate this idea but then also they let go 1900 employees bittersweet it really is um if you're a shareholder you're happy if you're an employee you're you're god knows which is going through your mind right now um if you're an advocate of you know people that you know against and you know corporations like this i get it because i'm one of them microsoft is now the second company ever to accomplish having a three trillion dollar market value this became official after the company laid off 1900 employees from the Xbox division. According to IGN, the company reached the milestone on the 24th of this month, that's January 24th. It was around a year ago, however, that the company also laid off 10,000 people spanning from all of their divisions in Microsoft. So it's hard for people to want to support this when all they did was basically, you know, trim the, trimmed the proverbial fat to get to this point and at that point it's like you're only caring about money you're making three trillion why did you feel the need to let go only you know 
ain't measly 1900 people that you can't tell me that you can't afford to do like are they not able to do anything else in the job to help productivity in there like i i, I feel really bad i don't know i hopefully they have some type of uh severance package or whatever like that i don't know um it's just always it always saddens me to hear stuff like this you know I, it's the part where like i worked in retail for seven years you know did everything you know cashier clerk stock boy all this stuff supervisor and supervising manager did all that and man it, it's you do a lot i mean and you should be proud to do a lot you should want to do a lot you should want to feel like you're a part of something that is helping building something else but you're just a cog in the machine you're just a number to them and it becomes impersonal it becomes it, it, it the 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 feeling of it just it 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 makes you feel like all that you do is they don't even care and then i work for corporate for more than way over a decade i worked for one company for a decade i worked in another company uh for over at least maybe two three years and it's the same thing but it's an it's in a higher level and it's actually i think it's almost worse um especially depending on who you are and where you're from it it, it depends um it's a cutthroat corporate is cutthroat man it can be i truly believe that there is there may be a company or two out there that actually treats their their employees with respect that may actually co uh, compensate their employees that may actually value their employees it's not a lot of them out there a lot of them go by the same practices and no matter what it is whether they're in the entertainment world or they're in just the normal you know corporate um you know faction they all go by a core practice like even like entertainment world even gaming industries there is a core corporate structure that everybody goes by so no matter what you do like we talk about wrestling and we will be talking about wrestling in a second but even in wrestling even in video games even in you know industries that make foods and goods and service and all this stuff they all in its core go by the same corporate structure they have board of directors they have you know presidents they have a whole bunch of other structures that does that that handles the nucleus the you know the whole you know the the center of everything and then everything out the outer layer everything is whatever the product is that you're selling but the core structure is absolutely the same they they all have the same thing in common which means also they all let go people that they probably don't even have to let go they try not to pay people as much as they deserve to be paid um and compensated for it you know it's a lot and it it, it gets frustrating after a few years like it's it's especially if you're like a female or a minority it really gets hard to get ahead and it's only and, and there's only like if 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 one gets ahead it's just that one to many you know and this is why i always have the saying speck of pepper in a sea of salt um you know that just doesn't have to be a black person in a world in a white world of corporate and of a corporate environment of white people that dominates that speck of pepper can mean a minority of any in general person of color in general but it's usually the case there's always a speck of pepper in a sea of salt you know i i, I you know it's funny because one of the guys the only you know black correspondent from ign i forgot the dude's name 
Um, but he's the only black representative in IGN that they put on camera. And I know they got other people that work behind the scenes, but they only put one on camera. And he did a, a segment talking about why all these games are now, you know, doing people of color with Killmonger hairstyles and why it's becoming so overdone and why it has to be something like, and I agree. A lot of people agree that it's, it's becoming noticeable. You saw the Prince of Persia, um, Eddie Gordo on Tekken has that hairstyle, even though you can change his hairstyle back to the original and they will have the original there. So, um, it's just an extra hairstyle that he has. Um, but it is something that is becoming noticeable, but that everybody is digging the Michael B. Jordan Killmonger style hairstyle, which I mean, I ain't mad at the, the, the locks. The locks look dope. I mean, it's like, I wish when I had locks that my hair, I, that I thought about doing that, I, man, that would have been awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, and I probably wouldn't have my hair that long either. And I probably, my hair, I used to have locks that go down on my, my ass for like two years. I mean, not two years for two decades. I, I cut it off and then regrew them again. But if I saw that, I probably would have had that a long time ago myself. So I'm, I'm not mad at that, but it is becoming like unoriginal because we're seeing so many characters now with that hairstyle. Um, even it's yeah, it, like my Tekken is funny. My, um, my Tekken, uh, avatar, uh, avatar has that hairstyle too. It was like, all right, they don't give it too many options in there, but I, I like that hairstyle. I'm sorry. Sorry. But at the same time, as he's talking about that on a platform, on a gaming platform or entertainment platform that only has him as the sole representative of our culture. One had to ask, it's like, okay, then while we're on the subject, can we, can, have you asked IGN why you're the only speck of pepper in the sea of salt? Because I know there are more people of color in there and I know there are more black people there by far, but he's the only dude that we see. So, I mean, before you want to talk about hairstyles, can we talk about you and, and why you don't have more representation along with you? And have you advocated that? Like it's stuff like that. I mean, like. Again, an IGN, GameSpot, Game Informer, they all go by the same corporate structure. And guess what that corporate structure usually entails? That there's always a speck of pepper and a sea of salt that represents us all. I remember when I worked at my, um, my corporate office, I would decline any type of opportunities to be on brochures, to be on, you know, commercials or whatever like that. Cause I didn't want to be that poster boy. Um, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly what they were doing and they wanted to show inclusion, even though there truly wasn't, I was the only black male in that company and the rest of everybody was predominantly female, but also, you know, at least they had mostly, you know, they had a lot of, you know, black women there. The problem was none of us got really elevated. None of us achieved upward mobility. They only hired one person after all these years. And it was like, okay, no, but I, I, I did not believe in what this, what the company I used to work for do. And in terms of, you know, fully embracing representation and opportunity because they didn't. So far be it for me to be on any commercials, any brochures, any calendars that they wanted me to be in. I didn't look, I didn't even want to be in 
the pictures during staff retreats and all the stuff i just did not want to do it because i didn't feel like they gave a they really gave a rat's ass they just wanted to show they wanted to you know have some sort of pr presentation or you know projection of what they want people to believe and i knew it wasn't true it was like they they had me in the same position forever even though they i was excelling so many other places and so many other things and was capable of doing the things that they could do to help elevate this company they weren't budging at all and again this is the corporate structure that happens everywhere that's why it, like you every company you'll see a speck of pepper and a sea of salt and it's just stuff like this it's like we need to change the structure and people have said that they, things have changed I, I i don't see it I, I i don't see it at all i mean yes microsoft now has a black president they got a you know that's in a higher office now kudos awesome that's fantastic i want to see how she does in terms of getting more people of culture in higher positions that are that are, are not just because of their color but because they are capable of doing the job but they also are earning the opportunity to do so um because if they can prove that they can do it yes give them a chance but that's the problem we don't even get those opportunities to prove ourselves that we can do it uh and hopefully she can make that change and maybe we'll see some other people of inclusion in that i'm uh, you know the, when i talked about that a while back that was the first thing i thought i'm like okay she's in she's at the highest position you could possibly be let's see what happens let's see try to encourage more people that we can be in that position too but also they just let go 900 um 1900 people so i don't know <laughs> i just don't know um how that's gonna go and you know they, she's in a bad position right now 1900 of her employees is out that's not good for morale i'll tell you that so we will see what happens but we always know what happens from there so um let's talk about another situation this new game power world i am mad for two reasons one i don't i can't play this game because i don't have i don't uh i have a steam account but i don't play steam on my pcs or anything like that and i don't have xbox but this game is hit a firestorm in the gaming community right now because in record numbers as well but mostly because of its significance the game looks and i mean looks like freaking um pokemon it really really does look like pokemon so so much so that people the more people kept saying it and kept saying it and the, you know the comparison is it really looks uncanny so the company known as the pokemon company has finally spoken out on this and talked about the company who created power world the company responsible for creating the phenomenon known as pokemon has made a statement regarding recent games that seem very similar to the legendary ip recently the game known as power world has bought the games the gaming world by storm has caught the gaming world by storm i should say with their game which can be described as pokemon with guns that's exactly all over anybody says it's pokemon but with guns this is like a third um it's a third person shooter and they're i guess shooting you know monsters or whatever like that to that extent many feel that the game takes closely to the look presentation and feel of pokemon 
except they got guns so much so that some feel that it may be infringing on the pokemon franchise well the pokemon company has finally spoken and they said the following we intend to investigate and take appropriate measures to address any any acts of infringe on intellectual property rights related to the pokemon so while they did not outright mention the name of the game nor the company who made it it's pretty clear that's who they were referring to so to ign's credit and kudos to ign on this they did a comparison and they put together a lot of comparisons of the power world monsters and compared them to the pokemon monsters and you know this is not the first game to take on the pokemon type of style of rpg turn-based rpg style i've played other games though what the difference was they designed their own particular monsters so they could take the format but the monsters didn't look the same with power world ooh, do they make a case this is the problem they could have done this and not imitated what they were doing so there's some characters where like where you know where they're getting their inspiration from but they look different like this pikachu character called um spark it spark it does not look like pikachu but you know where you got the influence from but there's some design details that makes you know that this is where to get it from in particular the tail everything else is slightly different both look cool mind you um but then you get to other characters there are other characters that all right now this is starting to look really really close um in a way not not to the fact that it looks like a spoof of those characters almost like they really kind of look like these characters and they're it's like they're dipping their they're dipping their feet into the fires too close to the fire and some of these characters are look inspired by these uh other pokemon and then some of them are just like blatant <laughs> so i believe it's just gonna be hard but i believe it's possible the pokemon company may have legs to stand on on this if you look at some of the characters like i said it it, it they can be considered a spoof off of those characters but in a lot of ways it just depends on how the game plays how they're gonna have to look at a lot of details design details especially as well um man these guys the way i see it these guys are playing with fire <laughs> they are playing with fire they're putting their feet too close to it and some of these characters man you can put you can have an argument for it they're going to idea and they they have a comparison it's like 38 different characters and as i'm looking through this this is crazy um as yeah the more i'm looking into this and looking at the comparisons oh no this one this this um this one it looks like uh leafeon in verdash that looks close that looks really really close yeah um these guys might be in trouble it's possible they may be in trouble and it's possible if they if if the courts and or jury if they get a jury and the courts and all this stuff find similarities to this they may have legs to stand on it is very possible that these guys have legs to stand on. this is crazy yeah go to ign and check it out it is uh yeah if you're playing this game and enjoying this game enjoy it 
as much as possible while you can because i don't know if this thing is you know gonna do it. like i said there are other there have been other pokemon clones out you know since these since that franchise has been out but they managed to do a great job contrasting from the original ip that they're influenced by some of the games that i've played in the past that were pokemon inspired were just that they were pokemon inspired the monsters that they had looked nothing like that but the the approach was all the same this one man they they they, they want to pick these these guys look these guys want to pick a fight <laughs> these guys are looking to pick a fight okay so we will see what happens there and i don't know why it's not on ps why it's not on uh playstation i don't know why but um yeah man Whew. good luck good luck good luck good luck <laughs> that's all i gotta say about that so another thing i want to talk about i got a chance if you go on max or what used to be hbo max um you will find the show the movie mortal kombat legends uh cage match is on air now they added they officially added it on air and i never got a chance to watch it i heard i i've heard only really not so good things about it and judging because of my past reviews of mortal kombat movies up until snowblind i was opting like no you know what? i'm gonna wait till this comes out on max because i don't want to invest in another movie that just i didn't like because i didn't i wasn't too thrilled with the first two movies the scorpions revenge one not from a storyline standpoint not from a character standpoint but the art direction just it's so bothered me it was like right at the time when they had all these awesome dc animated artists and art uh, directions that they had and then ed boone gets this and it looked crap it looks like it looked like utter crap and it wasn't until snowblind which i thought was a, a great turnaround when things just got better and it looks it looked like they used the same guys that did the reese that are doing the recent Tomorrowverse um movies animated movies and now cage match you know does the same thing they it looks like they're using the same you know art direction from that the art looks the art design and character design look much better it looks very retro 80s saturday morning cartoonish which is awesome but with better animation uh and, and more at better quality and i gotta say man i watched this to me for me personally this was my favorite of all the movies the uh mortal kombat movies they came out the animated movies i should say not live action but this is one of the most enjoyable and entertaining ones i've seen i don't know what people were bitching about with the other you know with this other than it wasn't a direct origin story to Johnny Cage and they it, it doesn't exactly base itself on the original story of Mortal Kombat it, in fact it feels like a standalone uh movie from that and I thought it was like one of these you know because Mortal Kombat explained that like there's different timelines now and this may just be one of them and it could be but it just felt like a separate standalone deal that they did and I thought it was great I thought it was absolutely entertaining rather it was more like an homage to every 80s action comedy flick complete with a bunch of 80s you know a bunch of, like a dozen of 80s campy tropes that and, and cliches that we've seen growing up and they captured it really well at the same time you know joe McHale 
couldn't have been a better person to play Johnny Cage in this particular uh, movie. This is right up his alley. He, this dude wasn't around to do like 80s movies and all this stuff like that. So it was great to have him do it and he captured it. The only people I see not really liking this movie are people who didn't grow up watching movies like Big Trouble in Little China, Roadhouse, Last Dragon, Golden Child, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Cause we grew up, you know, if you grew up in the 80s, we grew up in the 80s with this campiness, but it was fun. And it still is. Some of it still holds up. Some of it doesn't. But I thought this was absolutely fantastic. I enjoyed this wholeheartedly from start to finish. I laughed hard at some of the things that they were doing. Because, again, if you grew up with the 80s music, the, you know, like they had a bunch of 80s Duran Duran like music in here like totally capturing everything from it. Uh, the, the, the wardrobe that Johnny Cage is wearing, the, it was so many, you know, eighties, you know, reminding reminders from the past and some nostalgic things that from the eighties that they captured on here. I thought it was absolutely tremendous. And it reminded me, it just had very much golden child, big trouble in little China vibes to me. Um, which a lot of ways for those who don't know, they did take some inspiration. Mortal, the original Mortal Kombat did take some inspiration from the Big Trouble in Little China. Raiden was a character absolutely influenced by Big Trouble in Little China. If you never watched that movie, if all else, the most memorable thing about that movie, and why I think a lot of people actually think that movie is awesome, is because of that one dude with the electric, with the um, with the electricity powers, and he happens to have a hat just like Raiden wears. And I think that's the reason why I've watched Big Trouble in Little China now. I've never watched it, you know, growing up, but I'm watching it through modern day gargles and I'm like, this movie sucks, <laughs> but people like it. It's a cult class. And I think it's because, you know, if you grew up at that time, they were using special effects that was at that time modern and people marveled at it and they loved it at the time like it was so new it was such a nuance you never seen this in, in movies as much as you do now so people were love it people always love that because that's like one of the first really big special effect movies you kind of seen at of that time and but to me i look at am like this is what was what, the big deal about this movie <laughs> and it the plot just didn't make sense and like it was just it was some of it was nonsensical. It was crazy, but people love it. And this one, this would be like a better Big Trouble in Little China type of movie uh, for me because the plot didn't make sense here. They did have some connections to the Mortal Kombat movies and all that stuff. So to me, this is worth a watch. My, this is my favorite among the Mortal Kombat animated movies so far. It was freaking hilarious and awesome. And, jo and Joe McHale and a whole bunch of other great cast members. Kelly Hu is in there as well. You're going to love this movie. Go out of your way. Check this out. It is it is a lot of fun. I promise you. If you just watch it for what it is, it is just absolutely a lot of fun. All right. Now, let's talk about the main event here before we go to our final stage. Woo. This is the big one. We're going to talk about WWE 2K24, which just was one of the biggest things announced this week. WWE announced a bunch of news this week. Um, the Rock is now part of TKO's board of directors. Um, WWE 2K23 is coming out. This is Royal Rumble week. And also, in less than 12 hours ago, Vince McMahon is no longer 
with not only just WWE, but also TKO. This is in light of the recent accusations that were made by the alleged victim who actually put out a, what is it? Like a 67 page, you know, a uh, statement of the things that McMahon had her do. And I won't go into detail with it, but it is from what Boris is telling me, because Boris read a lot of the uh, statement and a lot of people has read the statement. I was like, I'm not one. I'm not going to read this because just added on to the, everything that he's done for decades that he has covered up or, you know, settled for like it's what well, I no one, no one should be surprised at any of this right now. So this statement got released and it revealed a lot of horrific things that he has done, uh, to this, um, alleged victim. And I have to say alleged right now, but this person that he was supposed to do a settlement with and didn't finish paying off the settlement, which, um, which is believed that it is to be a breach of a contract, which led to the release of this statement. And this opened up a firestorm in media and in the wrestling community and in the wrestling industry. So much so that Slim Jim, the sponsors of the Royal Rumble that is coming on tonight has paused their sponsorship is opted out of sponsoring the Royal Rumble in light of the situation because as a company they did their due diligence they probably read the whole thing and this and by the way people this is not just this this is just one of decades of things that this man has been uh accused of decades we can we not act like this is the new new like this is like something like just totally out of the blue nobody should be surprised no one should be surprised at this at all um, now, as I say, we shouldn't be surprised if from what I hear, what I've been told of the details is in here, this goes beyond almost anything that he has ever been accused of. Um, that is including sex trafficking as well. And it is connected to other people, whether known people in the WWE, John Laurinaitis is one of them. And a certain next big thing is another that they uh, point out as the former UFC heavyweight champion. And there is only one in the WWE. So safe to say that that man, that former UFC champion will not be making an appearance tonight. And if he does, I'll be highly surprised. But everything started coming down when Slim Jim decided to opt out of sponsoring the Royal Rumble. Um, and I knew, and I told Boris, I told Boris, I was like, you know, we were talking and he was like, they're eventually going to have to, you know, probably within the next week or so are, are going to have to think about letting them go. I, I said, I specifically told him like, no. And then we talked about this yesterday. I know I said, no, they need to do this before the night is over. This was strategically, this was strategically released at the right time because Royal Rumble is the second biggest pay-per-view or PLE is what they call it now, um, that they have. It's always been, it's the second biggest and Slim Jim dropping had the board of directors shaking in their boots. And it was like, they had, they, they, they have to get them out. Cause if they don't, and they went through this one, they have to worry about 
fan reaction fans of wwe fans who have been known to hijack stuff whenever they don't approve of things and doing it at the biggest one of the biggest events of their year would not be good pr for them two the sponsoring goes the sponsorships go out if they if the slim jim goes out and they still didn't let him go with all this is going on they would eventually more sponsors would have probably dropped out and again even vince mcmahon has said this many times no one is bigger than the wwe nobody's bigger than a brand neither is he and as a result nick khan put out a statement telling everybody in an email to the all staff i wanted to inform you that vince mcmahon has tendered his resignation for his position as tko executive chairman and on the tko board of directors he is no longer he he will no longer have a role with tko group holdings or wwe this is coming from nick khan it wasn't a resignation people and you know it they forced him out it happens it is it's happened in my in in, in the office where i used to work at it happens resignation is just another way of saying they forced his they forced him out because he's becoming way too much of a liability he's affecting the brand he needed to go and hopefully everybody connected with him needs to go as well and because of that it is a new day yes it is so this new wwe 2k game should be the first game without Vince McMahon. This is the first TKO WWE game. It is now TKO, TKO's WWE officially. So the focus of the new commercial that just came out uh, this week gave us a lot to actually a lot to look forward to and a lot to be desired. Um, the commercial shows Cody, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, Roman Reigns talking about how the, uh, the, uh, they control their story. And that's basically the focus of this game is about story. Now, the one thing I know about WWE, uh, WWE marketing is that they love imprinting. They love imprinting. And I mean that by saying a particular word that they'll keep saying and keep saying and keep saying, and eventually you're going to say women's revolution, uh, vintage. Um, there's just so many different words that you'll hear from WWE and they say it over and over and over again. And eventually it'll imprint in your head and it'll stay in your head. Story has been the one that Cody Rhodes has been saying a lot because his whole entire, you know, um, his storyline is based on his story ending with the, him becoming the WWE champion, which is something that the Rhodes family has not ever been able to achieve. So the commercial now is talking about your story. And the commercial has now Cody, Bianca, uh, Rhea Ripley, Roman Reigns, as I mentioned, all talking about how they control their story. The promo also showed Hulk Hogan from uh, WrestleMania uh, 3 talk about his and Stone Cold Steve Austin, as well as The Undertaker talking about their stories as well. Well, Taker mostly was talking about how he had to end his story. But they, those legends were there, which I still kills me that Hulk Hogan is still with this company too. That's all another thing. But, um, it, the addition of Hogan, Austin, and Taker is to promote the 40 years of WrestleMania, which will be the showcase storyline for the for this year's game. 
because there's always a career mode storyline and then there's a showcase uh mode that celebrates a particular wrestler or a certain genre of uh wwe's uh historical year and which by the way i think that's another thing they're gonna have to change to that that was a vince mcmahon thing um they need to rewrite they need to correct history because vince forever rewrote history and rewrote it to his control that's another thing that i believe they're gonna have like this triple h tko era is gonna have to work on because he manipulated timelines to rather take out or leave in other people and that to me was another reason why i stopped watching because it was he, he insulted people's intelligence and i was like i'm not watching wrestling just for the sake of wrestling just because his wrestling's on yes he puts on a pretty package but you know within that package is a load of crap <laughs> okay <coughs> excuse me so that's gonna have to change indeed but that's on here nor there in this case but the promo reveal new match types such as uh the return of the coffin match which should be a lot of fun um and a new career mode stages and more the cover for this year includes cody rhodes in the standard edition while a dual cover featuring bianca and Rhea will be in the uh in a, in a uh, deluxe edition and uh, i believe there's another one for the 40 years of wrestlemania as well also announced is a special cody uh pack bundle pack which uh is called the nightmare family pack which includes dashing cody rhodes with the protective mask uh which was a really fan favorite right there uh stardust which was like his father he had to play a vince had him play a stupid uh gimmick that was supposed to like really kill it but he ended up making it he ended up getting it over just like you know dusty got over the stupid polka dots thing that's another thing the Rhodes storyline and the Rhodes and the McMahon's thing is a whole historical thing that people need to look up. It's it's so crazy. Um, superstar Billy Graham will also be making his appearance in the game too. The late great Billy Graham, and of course the late great legendary American Dream Dusty Rhodes is making a comeback into the game as well. All will be a part of a bundle package um, when you do the season pass and all the stuff. And by the way, as great as this promotion is. Um, this this promo for the game is they really this, what this is going to do successfully is and this is no thanks or this is all thanks to wwe um, um aew is that they're going to show what it means to really give people what they want in terms of dlc and stuff and and just pack like they're already going to have so, they're going to make aew look really stupid with this game i'm i, I tell you this um it is it's just amazing that you know we're going to get a bunch of different match types we're getting new match types now in the base this is not like we're not getting match types from a dlc package we're getting it all in the base game what we're getting from the dlc is the characters and some move sets and all this stuff. we're getting all the extra which is something i don't understand why you know thq nordic or you know aew games didn't do i don't understand what they you know what they did and I hate to make this comparison, but WWE 2K now is the Marvel Studios of wrestling games, which makes AEW Fight Forever the DC films of wrestling games. Like they could have went about it the same way, but they went about it a different way. And that's exactly what DC films did with the with the Snyderverse movies. 
they didn't decide to just do what Marvel did and just make it work that way. They wanted to try to do something different and it just flopped. AEW is currently doing the same thing with this game. And this has become the Snyderverse and it probably shouldn't be surprised considering they are a part of WBD at this point. But um, yeah, this should be, this, this 2K24 version should be based on the TKU version, uh, T, the TKO version of the company. So I'm happy about this and I'm actually excited about this. What I honestly hope, especially given the recent um, developing news, is that if they were planning to put Vince McMahon in that game, they need to immediately take him out as if his name was like, um, as his name, as if his name was Chris Benoit. They need to take him out of that game. If they were even planning to do it, they need to take him out quickly and swiftly because that's going to spark you i mean look they they're not going to put snooker back they're not going to put you know uh benoit in we're never going to see grizzly at grizzly smith in that game if you guys know that story like yet it's just no it's not it, he should not be in the game this is not his version anymore this is tko's he should not be in the game. Actually, honestly, to be honest, I would say if any McMahon should be on there, it's probably just Shane. That's it. But honestly, I wouldn't mind having no McMahons connected to this game at all. None. So we'll see as the days go by and see if they actually, because they could easily take them out of the development. The game comes out on March 1st. So let's see. But uh, I have never been more excited <laughs> than I have now with with the, the current events of happening because this is this needed to happen because people like him need to be dealt with and they need to be dealt with swiftly and kudos to tko for doing it for for not being arrogant enough to say think that he could stay i totally respect this decision it needed to be done and good and i'm this is the year that i truly came back <laughs> like i said when kevin dunn left I, that was enough that was enough proof for me that, that vince no longer runs this company um and then this so god i think i'm gonna i'm a, i might eat chick-fil-a as well tonight there's, there's a lot of company change in this year <laughs> first chick-fil-a changes their philosophy on you know support of the lgbtqia <laughs> and now this i may watch the royal rumble while eating chick-fil-a tonight that's what i'm that's all i'm saying so <laughs> All that said, folks, we're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to enter the final stage and talk about Tekken 8 and see if they have what it takes to step up to the plate and step into the cage. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live
folks, you have reached the final stage of this program, and I'm here to review Tekken 8, the eighth installment into the Iron Fist tournament series. This, I didn't realize this. I read um, on the website, on the official website for Tekken, that they got a Guinness World Record for longest running story in a fighting game. I did not realize that. And I thought about that for a minute. And I'm like, no, nah, wait, Street Fighter. All right, Street Fighter is only in six, but they have also had the Alpha series and all of that does connect. So I don't know if, I, I, I don't know what they based that on. I got to look that up for sure, but they actually did say Guinness World Records. They got Guinness World Records for longest running storyline in a fighting game. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause I mean, consistent consistency, I guess, but even still like King of Fighters storyline, they're in, like, they're in King of Fighters 15 right now, but I don't think their storyline, I, I, I followed the, 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 uh, story up to the Orochi saga. And I know the Ness saga came next after that. And that, I guess, okay, if you do it, that's all the way up to seven or eight. Um, yeah, I guess that's true. They, they, they cut off and start new storylines from there. Um, Street Fighter though, they stopped with Shadow Low and started doing something different too. So yeah, I, I guess they are. I mean, when you put it, Mortal Kombat? Yeah, yeah, because Mortal Kombat also, like they had a storyline, but it's stuck to, I don't know. I, I really have to really look that up for sure. Because I, you know, Fighting games, of course, are my favorite genre within video games, and I've always followed the stories heavily. So I know enough about Mortal Kombat's lore because they went all the way up to Armageddon and went back into square one to rewrite the timeline, which led to this whole thing. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I really, I gotta look that up for sure, but it, they on the website, you go see, they absolutely say that they got the world's record for consistent storyline or whatever like that. So I don't know if that's true, but what I do know is that this game was worth the wait. Ah, uh, this game developed by Bandai Namco, also published by Bandai Namco is a 3D fighter of legend. It may be the best of them all. I love this game wholeheartedly we're going to talk about everything from the story originality presentation sound and music gameplay fun factor replay value actor performances we're going to get into all that because it is all worth getting into let's start with the story here as it says in the official website after defeating his father heihachi mishima kazuya continues his conquest for global domination using the forces of g corporation to wage war in the uh, around the world Jin is forced to face his fate head on as he reunited with his long lost mother and seeks to stop his father Kazuya's reign of terror. That's pretty much it. And it, man, does this story go off with a bang? I mean, from start to finish, the story mode is very fast paced. There's a lot of awesome elements in here. Um, I think this was so good that I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but one of these episodes, I may, and it may be sooner than later. I, I don't know if I'm going to make this a final stage segment or a, you know, before segment, but it has to be done within the span of 12 months. We've gotten three legendary games, make a comeback street fighter, mortal Kombat, and now Tekken. Now 
even though it didn't happen and you know it didn't happen in 2023 if you just talk fiscal year it still spans within the course of 12 months and since it spans within the course of 12 months you can technically say within a year we got in these three games which leads me to want to do a comparison and see this is going to be a triple threat match scheduled for one fall and we're going to we're going to see based on the story campaigns the extra modes the features the gameplay controls all this stuff which one did it best and after playing this game my god they tekken 8 makes a strong case to take the title and we're going to talk about why right now so the originality for this game and the presentation like the characters the, the like the basically the character customizations um for both characters and avatars was pretty deep in this game um you know the experience that you get to have in this game is just there's so much depth this game has way more depth like i said we're about street fighter than aew fight forever and that's that is bad like the customizations of these games are just outdoing wrestling games this is really unprecedented because like wrestling games especially wwe 2k or ukes or you know at the time and all the they were known for for, ha for having some very very good heavy duty customizations and in-depth modes which by the way i forgot that yukes was working on 2k games as well and uh what happened there <laughs> okay what happened to that damn creative suite that we were used to and that we were expecting because yukes was going to be working on the aew fight forever game they that is now in 2k's creative suite i guess i don't know but nonetheless we got a good one here i mean the customization for the characters are awesome uh and the avatars are pretty deep this time around new game modes including the return of tekken ball a th and we not only get one not only we get two we get three story modes main story arcade arcade quest arcade quest we're going to talk about that too it shares a new story where your avatar competes to become the best tekken fighter in the world aka a pokemon-esque type of story um tekken 8 also has a fighting lounge much uh, similar to street fighter 6 where your avatar goes around and challenges people to fight in tekken matches as well they also added something that hardcore fans like myself tekken fans i should say have been asking for a very long time and weaved within the actual story campaign you will find the return of tekken force mode kind of so basically within the story you you will play some of the characters that will engage in all in an all-out in-game like battle <laughs> consisting of you facing multiple g corps troops and other fighters and you're doing so in the same fashion that you would do in the old tekken force mode now if you new to tekken and you don't know what tekken force is like way back i believe like tekken 3 tekken 4 tekken 5 or whatever like that there was a action beat em up brawler mode within the actual fighting game mode so you had you know tekken has always been robust when it comes to content and features within the game and they would always have like rather tekken bowling like they had last year 
they would have tech um tekken ball which is basically a volleyball you know volleyball meets fighting games and something like that it reminds me of romno one half have you ever watched that anime that classic anime from back in the day because every every so often they have the anything goes school of martial arts whatever going on whether they're skating and they're doing martial arts while skating or they're playing tennis while skating or playing tennis while doing some martial arts and all the stuff it's hilarious but this kind of gives that feel to it so you know checking ball is basically volleyball but you're using martial arts kicks and moves to you know get by and generate energy from the ball it's 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 crazy as hell but they also had Tekken Force, which was like a Streets of Rage, you know, um, Double Dragon type of beat em up uh, mode where it had its own type, type of storyline and you would pick your favorite character to go through all these stages and whatnot. And it was a lot of fun. People loved Tekken Force mode and we've been asking for it for so long. It's I'm happy to say if you're looking to play this game and you're looking forward to getting this game, they have it it's in the actual story mode it is a lot of fun it is great the the part of the story also when i played part of the story mode that part of the story mode i felt like it was i don't know if they knew but it was basically exact it was very i won't say exactly it was similar to what you see in uh mortal kombat one's armageddon mode in a lot of ways where there's a big all-out battle going on but they did it differently that's the thing they did it differently by doing the tekken force type of you know fighting you know style in their game but there's a lot of similarities to that but honestly if i i loved and i loved the armageddon mode in the in the uh mortal kombat one story aspect i thought that was really great because it really made that story aspect of it awesome oh, man this was this one was a lot of fun too um may even be a little bit more fun because of you just switching back and forth to like fighting game to the tech of force mode and going back it's, it's crazy another thing i loved about the story mode too that i thought was so original was it will sort of kind of original but not because you know netherrealm has done this as well um and that's letting you pick you know who you want to play within the story mode so there's a part in the story mode where they go into the iron fist tournament or tekken tournament uh if you will and within the tournament they have just you know the random participants that are playing in there but you can play as either character that are facing each other doesn't matter which one you're playing you can play either or i don't think it changes the storyline what i don't know is that are they random characters because they got like about 32 characters in there and their tournament doesn't have 32 slots i believe it has like 16 or half of that amount so i believe I, I'm hoping this that once I play the story mode again, that it'll be different people and they randomize the actual, you know, um, the setup, making it, making a replay value a lot better. If it's the same deal, I mean, it wouldn't be bad if it's the same deal either. But I know eventually that leads up to, you know, continuing the story as you go along once you get to Jen's uh, part of the tournament. But I thought that was really cool. It reminded me of like uh, Mortal Kombat games of recent and Injustice, where you get to certain parts of the story and there's like two different people and you get to pick which one you wanted to play in that story which will kind of change the story up a little bit so i really enjoyed that they did that it was very innovative of them to do that that way and it breaks away from the actual story campaign experience that we're used to um 
Bandai Namco has done a really good job with this game, better than any fighting game that they've done in the past. And I'm talking, including Soul Calibur, which I was highly disappointed in when they brought that game back out. Like it looked great, it played great, but the story campaign in there was so lackluster. And I was so highly upset. I'm like, they should be more far away in advance to where NetherRealm and Cap, even Capcom is right now with their story campaigns and stuff like that. So I'm so happy that they didn't drop the ball with this. I thought the story campaign was awesome and it just helped, you know, the whole entire package different from what you would play not only with Tekken but in other fighting games as well as far as visual presentation and performance poof the best looking Tekken game ever not just to date ever like Tekken 7 was awesome this one takes the cake I think they totally utilized the new you know um the, the new uh generation consoles right now and and the power that they're able to produce with their processors and everything and they ran with it hard the level of detail in the character models are insane. The stage, the stage uh, designs are beyond any fighter we've uh, fighting game we've seen before uh, in the course of uh, 12 months. And that's basically comparing them to the other two, because even some of the stages that you fight in, like are interactive, like you, there's some breakaway stages that break into other stages. So they still brought that back as well. The arcade and story mode will provide a tournament format really that really gives Tekken 8 a real fight feel as well so I mean there is some sports centric aspects to this game that I really enjoyed um with the arcade mode consisting of 32 characters complete with the return of CGI cutscene endings makes their arcade mode the best among the trinity of games that have come out this year that's Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter because if you look at what Street Fighter did it was cool they just had you know screenshots with you know the actors voicing over them um same with mortal kombat they did that as well i believe also i believe tekken did that for tekken 7 as well and they had enough to bring back cutscenes and not and very they're not really that short either some of them are pretty cool and lengthy um cutscenes for each character so i'm look what i haven't played through is the arcade mode where you could play uh, up to, you know, play the five stages of the tournament and play through that whole entire thing. By the way, the presentation of the arcade mode is awesome because they're all fighting in the Tekken arena because the story is that they're fighting in the Tekken, you know, Tekken uh, mode. So, um, and I believe some characters will be fighting because it, it, there is still a story element within the arcade mode as well that connects to everything as well too. So, I, you know, Maybe this is why they got the Guinness uh, record, <laughs> record after all, but it is absolutely great. The presentation is both intense, edgy and lighthearted fun at times as well. As you would remember, if you played any Tekken game, you know that there's some hardcore edgy, you know, intense fighting scenes. But then every once in a while, especially when it pertains to Paul Phoenix, uh, Law or even Kuma, there's always some goofiness that are going on around that breaks away from the intensity of the uh, game that but it's always um it's always welcomed and a lot of fun too sound and music as always tekken brings you the uh brings the energy with their range of hardcore dubstep which honestly i know dubstep played itself out a little bit too quick but there is some there is a place for dubstep and fighting games is one of the best places for dubstep still to this day um and it shows because they use it for this game and it 
really still works perfectly. But they also add a little bit more hip hop, you know, style uh, genres as well and theatrical scores too. So it's not just all, you know, dubstep to the point that your nose bleeds and everything by listening to the music a la Key and Pill. But um, you also basically get a bunch of a, a mix, an amalgam of different musical scores in, in this game, which plays really well. Uh, gameplay wise, Tekken 8 changes the way you fight by adding uh, a new fighting feature in here. So that, Tekken is a combo based fighter and does it better than anything. Like they really kind of did it better than virtual fighter at this point. And that's saying a lot because virtual fighter was at one point, I called it the perfect fighting game. Um, and in a lot of ways it may still be, I haven't played it in a long time, but you know, we've evolved since then. We haven't seen a virtual fighter game in a long time. And I believe it may be time for one to come. But that's Yu Suzuki's baby. So I don't know if that will actually ever come out. I would honestly, I would rather them do a like a dragon fighting game. Why not? It's why not? It is far time. These characters is far beyond time for them to do something like that. So let's get that going. Um, but while the combos were always great to do, not all of them were easy to do. So far be it from Bandai Namco to not jump on the bandwagon of you know, simple play uh, in fighting games. They added their own feature too. But what I love about this one better than I do with, uh, say street fighter and other games is that you can, they give you the ability to switch in and out of it every once in a while too. So you can work it into the combo aspect. So you can, if you want to, you could, if you know, if you're really good at playing Tekken and you know how to do all your base combos and all the stuff and those 10 hit combos or the 20 hit air combos or whatever like that you can actually do that but if you're not and you're new to the game they have a simple feature for you by just hitting the l1 button which will activate it and allow you to pull off some really cool combos and power moves and all types of things in there so they make it fun for everybody and trust me when i tell you having those having that option does not make it easy for you to play. Even in, in, in easy mode, you'll still find some competition within it and you won't always win every single time. That also means a person can absolutely possibly beat you if you don't know how to play this game properly. Um, or even if you do to that to some extent, because the AI in this game can be very competitive, um, especially certain characters who will kick you when you're down. It will not give you a chance to get up. So hopefully you'll have enough. By the time you do get your balance, you'll have enough to be able to take them out and do it. And it is all good fun. It is not overwhelming by any stretch. The gameplay in here is balanced. It is a lot of fun. Even if you lose, you'll still have fun fighting in here. So not to worry, but it, they do make it a lot more fun. But what I love about it, cause I've been, I'll use Jin Kazama, for example. Uh, he's one of my mains and Eddie Gordo, when he comes out, that's my other main. Um, but whenever I use Jin or Paul Phoenix as well, when I use Jin, I know how to use a lot of his combos, but now I switch out of there. And every time I feel like I'm getting beat, I'll switch back into the, you know, to the L1, hit the L1 and then start pulling off those combos to get some air <laughs> from, you know, to get a breakaway from the character. Cause he's just relentless, you know, and again, he's like, they fight the, the, the AI in this in, in Tekken eight fight. Like if you're a mixed martial arts fan, you'll know this. They fight a lot like pride and in pride, they would relentlessly 
even if you're down, you could you could hit a person when they're down on a, on the a, uh, ground. Like in UFC, you know, regulated rules or MMA regulated rules in the United States, you can't kick a man when they're down. Not in Japan at the time. They could do soccer kicks to the head. They could they could knee you and while you're dead. Like they are relentless. This game is very volley tudo or anything goes, if you will, in this game, and it, it plays just like it. And that's what I love about it. The fun factor. Total nonstop action. I, that's the best way I could put it. it. It's some of the most fast-paced fighting I've played to date. Like it, nor Mortal Kombat, nor Street Fighter goes this fast, and it is really fast-paced. With 32 characters, three story modes, and two in-depth customization modes, and ghost mode gameplay, Tekken 8 provides a lot of fun, a lot of fun things to do in here. Added to this, Tekken 8 this time around is much more fun to play than Tekken 7, uh, especially because Tekken 7, and, and especially in the story campaign, had some bumps in the road. Um, there were some stages, once I finished it, I skipped certain chapters because it involved a boss battle that was just, even in its easiest, was relentlessly hard. And it became annoying after a while. <laughs> it was so hard to get through. Um, so I, I would skip that, and here, you don't. It, it, it is not as nowhere near as stiff and there is no mid bosses in here that are stiff and there's a return of a character from a previous uh boss character from a previous tekken game that makes his return in here and um uh, not as nearly as hard this time around this time they provide you with more enjoyable difficulty levels giving you the opportunity to, in, to be entertained and challenge your way which is why i was telling tom hewlett and we were having that conversation about difficulty levels on the interview um and how you know certain developers force you to play this way and others you know give you the option i'm always in favor of option and choice once again give bandai namco credit for dishing out tons of in-game currency here like if you played tekken 7 the one thing that was awesome that was different from certain other games is that they don't rely on in-app purchases and they don't want you to like by anything outside of the dlc characters and all the stuff that you're getting this time they provide you with in-game currency which allows you to buy a bunch of different items and customization items for your characters and avatar characters all of that is in-game they don't try to you don't have to buy a damn thing like if you beat a game if you beat a, a, a character in an arcade mode you get like a hundred thousand to a million dollars in currency which you could use to buy items in the game you don't buy you don't use real money for anything thank you bandai namco for that honestly i love that um and they make they they double down on it with, with tekken 8 this time around too so replay value ha! hours of fighting game fun and much to explore with more to come like i just beat the the, the story campaign I still got to play the arcade mode and I still have to play arcade quest. So there's just hours of storytelling and gameplay to do in this game. Plus Tekken ball, the stretch, and it may be more coming. We got characters coming and there may be some more things coming as well. I'm very excited. If you bought the ultimate edition, you are getting more than your money's worth. This is a game that shows us what we should expect from other developers. They have demonstrated exactly. They have not stared away from the, the traditional way of providing for their current target uh, consumer base. They did it justice. They did it great.
you know and that alone to me also is a big step because mortal kombat both mortal kombat and street fighter you know although they're providing some good content they're also trying to you know add on some in-game current you know in it and that purchasing type of in uh microtransaction type of things that they don't they don't force you to do it but it's optional but some of the things that they're asking for the price is a little bit steep they're they're relying on inflation and they're trying to you know nickel and out yeah in a lot of ways they you can say that they're trying to nickel and dime you but they're not forcing your hand at least compared to other people or whatnot so it's option it, like everything is optional but you know you don't need to do this uh i think they probably i think capcom is learning their lesson from the teenage mutant ninja turtle dlc that they did because they charged a lot for those damn um costumes and they weren't even a real uh deals but nonetheless it um i'm i'm happy that bandai namco is not going at level so actor performances Tekken 8 continues to the tradition of having voice actors that speak different dialects from different cultures and, co and countries all in one. And this is one of the only, you talk about what they should get a, uh, a Guinness records for, is the fact that unlike other fighting games or even games period, this is the only fighting game in the only game where you have different people from different companies, or I'm sorry, different countries, I should say, speak their actual language it was crazy is that everybody in every character in the game is multilingual meaning they can understand what all of them are saying if a guy's from paris france and he's speaking direct french to somebody from japanese who's speaking japanese apparently they can have a great conversation with each other and because they know it they, they understand each other's language i get it it makes sense only because every one of the character every one of these characters in the game are world-rounded world traveling people who have been around a bunch of different people and they you know you're eventually you're going to have to learn each other's language to communicate but none of them none of them ever go out of their way of trying to learn each you know to speak each other's language they all just have conversation like nina and, and this was beautiful to me before nina would always have a conversation with jen kazama or Kazuya, who are speaking direct Japanese at the time, and she's speaking English, and they're just having a conversation, and she talks to him, and she bounces. That's it. It's like because Nina is an assassin anyway. They usually, you know, it's usually believed that they do know different languages and everything, and they can understand it. So, and vice versa. So, I don't. I, I love this. I've always welcomed this. I thought this was a. This is what make Tekken so distinct from the other fighting games that have come out before. And the fact that they can afford to do this is awesome. So, um, and it's culturally respect <laughs> from all over the place. So I absolutely love the voice acting performances are just great this time around. Even though I don't understand all the languages, I just feel like it's so appropriately done and so greatly done um, that it's, I, I, I appreciate and enjoy this immensely. I don't mind reading you know the subtitles of every single person and then also hearing english from the other person it's, it's just so awesomely done so i mean folks this is not the first this is not the first time i'm going to give this grade but this is the first time i'm giving a perfect score originality presentation sound of music gameplay fun factor replay value actor performances and story have all received 100 making it a perfect score 
of 400, making it a perfect percentage of 100, giving this game its first perfect A+. Because Prince of Persia last week did get an A+, but it did get an 85 for originality. But this one, this one here, this is guaranteed going to get fighting game of the year. I don't know what fighting game is going to come out that's going to beat this. There is another fighting game that is coming out. Uh, in night, I believe, is coming out in about a few days. Um, if it hasn't come out already, but I know um, Jujutsu uh, Jiu Kaisen is also coming out with a fighting game um, in February. None of them is going to compare to this. They put a lot of money into this game and it shows a lot of work and a lot of detail and you know the reason why these guys were late to the fight is because they didn't need to hurry i i just don't believe they needed to hurry at all they knew they would bring something to the table whether they are the best we're gonna find out soon enough when i do a triple threat comparison of the three it, it just has to happen <laughs> one of these are among the best which one stands tall at the end and we'll do that soon. But for now, that will do it, folks. That does it for this episode of Select Start. This is Royal Rumble Week. And boy, I can't wait to watch this tonight. And as I watch tonight's PLE, oh, I forgot what that means. I'm still new to WWE as of late. Um, as we watch tonight's event, I will be joining the uh the group known as sunday night's main event for their royal rumble after party so stay tuned if you are a subscriber to their patreon you could go in there and check it out because we're doing an after uh, party there i believe it's going to be on youtube as well we're going to be live streaming that on youtube so i will most likely give i i should be able to give the link to you guys maybe when it's done or whatever but we're going to do that i am also going to be returning back to the radio show tomorrow to uh, talk about the fallout of everything because uh there's <laughs> a lot of fallout that is going to be talked about there so i believe i may be joining boris and others from the uh, sunday night's main event crew on tsn radio um as well as news talk 610 as well that it airs on too so um stay tuned i will have all that as well but yes and then also you know next week we will return with uh all elite geekly as well and select start as well but this sunday tomorrow or maybe sunday or monday actually um masters of the universe revolution is out and uh i will be giving my thoughts on that as well as all the other news going on in our favorite fandom so stay tuned for that and much much more 2024 <laughs> just became much more i'll tell you that so Folks, if you love this episode and every episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, including the Select Start Talk Time Live Extra Podcast, please check out all this and more on TalkTimeLive.com. You can find all of our audio episodes, our video exclusive interviews with people like Tom Hewlett, which is up and running right now. Also, Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Barto, Molly Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, my man Jeffrey Thorne. Uh, Eric and Arnie Roth, the uh, composers of our uh, conductors, I should say, of the Final Fantasy Orchestra. Many more. Danielle Kennedy, my good friend, Sam Valley, who's working on the upcoming Ultra Pro Wrestling, mind you, that's coming soon this year. I mean, there's plenty of people, uh, video interviews, over maybe 30 or 40 uh, interviews up here right now that you could check to, including the 
late great Kevin Conroy as well. Uh, you can check out the press interview I have. Uh, also, check out the blog entry too. I got a lot of things going on there, including the Q and A of the one and only uh, Peter Cullen is on there too that I took last year. And you can check that out. My year end of everything that has happened. Check that out too. All that is on TalkTimeLive.com. But if you're one of those people who listen to podcasts, rather in the office or on the road, check us out. Subscribe and download to us on your favorite podcast platforms, wherever podcasts are played, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, you name it, we are there. Just type in ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Google ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. You'll see all the places that we're popping up at as well. So check us out, keep us supporting and keep us going and keep us growing from there. That will do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and you guys have a great Rumble weekend. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.